0: A number of years ago, I had a young African pastor come to me, and he had written out, typed out, a list of his goals, dreams, plans, aspirations of what he wanted to see happen in his community. And as I read through, I saw that the goals were quite lofty, quite big, and I wasn't quite sure with his resources how they were actually going to be able to come to pass, And I remember speaking to him and giving him some advice. And I said, the best thing you could do is take and break this down and look at it incrementally and begin to do little things and start working towards those goals. And I remember this young pastor telling me, he said, I've already been doing this. And he began to share how, because of the AIDS pandemic in Africa, a lot of the children were being orphaned. They didn't have food. They didn't have someone to pay for them to go to school. And he began to share how that they had pulled their money, uh, had done what you had done this morning. They reached in and they grabbed the coins, the money out of their pocket, and they pulled their money and they were able to Collectively, buy two to three bags of cement. And so they took that cement, went down to the river where the sand was free, used the apparatus to make the cement blocks. And they took the money from those blocks that they sold and went and reinvested it, bought more bags of cement, and they began to continue to do that. And they said, We've already been able to pay for seven children to go to school. Before long, he had a host of volunteers coming around him and those individuals began to staff feeding stations, feeding the children, the grandparents, those who would come for a hot meal each day if possible. And there were nine, and most of you know this story, but there were nine feeding stations under Pastor Walter and they were feeding close to a thousand people a day at times. And because of God's provision, following, vision, funds began to come his way and it began to get easier and easier for him to pursue the dreams that were on his heart. And because of the attention that he was gaining from others, many of his spiritual peers, many of his pastor friends were coming to him and they wanted to get his ears so they could tell him, what's the secret? It's like, what do you mean, what's the secret? It's like, well, we want what you've got. And so he began to tell them what he had done to receive what he had gotten. And he, with sadness in his voice, shared with me, and he said, none of them want to do what I've done. They just want what I've got. As we take a moment this morning to look at the idea of pastor appreciation, we are going to see that those individuals that were just standing here being prayed over, they are the ones who have gotten in, they've gotten their hands dirty, they've done what was needed to be done to get you to a point that you are reaping the benefits today of what you have. In the book of Psalms, Psalm 23 We are going to just run through some of the thoughts that are in the Scripture today. And as we look at those thoughts in the Scripture, we are going to see that your pastors, your staff, have come together to do what the Scripture often advises so that you could have the benefits. And I'm not just talking about the beautiful building, the beautiful parking lot, the land that you have. But the atmosphere that you have here, the family atmosphere, the place where spiritual learnings occurring, where the place where you are receiving spiritual food—you know, there's so much. They put the time in to do what they needed to do to be able to bless you with this. As we look at Psalm 23 today, we're going to find that it was written by an individual who had been a shepherd. He was tapped by his father to be the one to go out and watch the family sheep. He had memories as he sat in his office as king. And as he reminisced about what it was like to be a shepherd, he spoke to us and made that connection with himself being not just a shepherd, but also a sheep. And as I took a little bit of time this, this week to review some of the information that I've known from Psalm 23, I realized that there were two perplexing questions that came up, perplexing thoughts that bothered me as I studied this scripture. And, and even as we make personal application, it may bother you as well. Because when we look at shepherd, the shepherd wasn't chosen because of his Strength. He wasn't chosen because of his wisdom. He wasn't chosen because of the fact that he was the most likely to succeed. But the shepherd was chosen in the family of the the person who was the least likely to be able to contribute to the other work in the family. And so if you were chosen to be shepherd, then more than likely, you were the bottom rung on the ladder. So you were told to get out and watch the sheep. But, 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 I've got so much more to offer if you'll just let me tell you. It's like, no, go watch the sheep. Well, when we look at sheep, we realize that the sheep, they were much higher on the rung than the shepherd. The sheep were actually quite dumb. And as we look at sheep, we realize that sheep had the tendency of getting themselves into dangerous positions. And just studying this week, I realized that there was a group of sheep, 200 that went off a cliff. Why did they go off a cliff? Well, the lead sheep chose that path and all of the others followed. And I think 35 actually died from the fall. Most of them were injured, but the reason that the others didn't die was that after a while, there were enough of them on the bottom that they just began to kind of bounce. And so it cushioned their, their fall. Not only are we tend to have a tendency to get into danger, but we also do not have the ability to guide or care for themselves. And there's a sheep, his name was Shrek, who had avoided his shepherd for six years. He had hid in caves and crevices and he had stayed away from his shepherd, and when they actually found him, they took sixty pounds of wool off of him. He had so much wool that his eyes totally been covered. He couldn't see anymore. That's probably why he actually got caught. But we look at this and we realize that when we study one of the oldest occupations in the world, the shepherd, or as the Latin word pastor refers to it, it's not something that one of us would normally think, wow, I want that job. I want to be separated from my friends and family. I want to hardly make anything. I want, I want... It wasn't the job that you pursued. And when we look at sheep, well, we don't really care to look at ourselves as being that dumb. But we see here that King David had fond memories of himself as a shepherd. And so when we look at Psalm 23, it speaks to us and tells us the Lord is my shepherd. He didn't say that the Lord was the shepherd of the earth. But he made it personal. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. He was not ashamed of his former occupation, even though all of ancient Israel would have looked at it as the lowest of all jobs it could have been had. And as he looked at this job, we see him attributing the task or responsibility to God. And God seemed to be okay with that. God is my shepherd. And when we take a moment to look at that, we realize that David felt like he needed that shepherd. Because he realized that he was just as dumb, just as helpless as the sheep. And for any one of us to be able to embrace that idea that the Lord is my shepherd, then I have to, like you, have to acknowledge the fact that I'm just a dumb sheep. I can't guide myself. I can't care for myself. I need someone to be there to watch over me. And so as we look at the work of the shepherd kicking in, we see David going on to say that I shall not want. And in... Well, I could be careful here because we could say there are a lot of millennials that say I shall not want and can live at home and live off their... I'm going to stop there. Because the millennials have a great place in our society. But we look at this and we see God, the shepherd, was there to provide for us. But there's an aspect to that. The other side of the coin is that we have to make a decision that what he provides is what I'm going to receive. If you think of Israel leaving Egypt, what was one of their first problems? Well, they began to get tired of the man that God was so kindly providing for them every day. And so we see them beginning to mumble and complain and it's like, you know, all we've got to eat is... And so it's not just a matter of God providing, God the shepherd providing, but it's a matter of our heart. Am I willing to receive what He is providing so that I shall not want? David goes on to make another comment and that is that The shepherd makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside the still waters. One of the interesting parts of a sheep in his life was that he would not lie down if he was afraid, if there was any friction in the, the herd, if there were flies that were bothering him. Or if there was a time of famine, there was hardly any food. A sheep would not lie down. And so it was the responsibility of the shepherd to care for these sheep, to place them in these green pastures so they could be well fed, so they could drink to their heart's content and then lay down. And I look at this and realize that sheep were rather timid animals. And so if there were any danger on the horizon they would threaten them and they wouldn't lie down. They were also social animals. And so if there were any problems in the flock, the herd, they couldn't lie down. I could take and camp here a little while just at this thought right here because if we were to take and do an evaluation of church health, you would find in many churches there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of friction. There are a lot of flies or parasites, which the spiritual parasites that enter through the year and begin to eat away at us. And there's a lot of famine, a lot of hungry believers and yes we could camp here a while and we could realize that there are a lot of shepherds that are not doing their job but as I mentioned a moment ago if you're doing your job then when the shepherd brings him to these green pastures when he gets them to the point that they can lay down and rest he's accomplished something Because that means he's removed the fear. He's taken care of the friction. He's removed the spiritual parasites that will eat their way into the hearts and minds of believers. And he's taken away the spiritual famine. Just the other day, a friend of mine posted on Facebook this thought. She said, I kind of feel like with everything that's going on right now, if I had a gauge, my, spirit, my spiritual check engine light, or my check engine light, is just on, and I don't even have time to stop. And so there are a lot of churches today that have that check engine light. There's a lot of fear here. there's a lot of friction in the midst. There's a lot of famine going on. Well, if you have green pastures If you have still waters, and if you have the ability to lie down, then we need to do what we're doing just today. We're taking a moment to thank those individuals and say, thank you, shepherd. Thank you, pastor, for what you've done. The next thought comes in direct correlation to the green pastures and the still waters because... In this, we see that it speaks to us of soul restoration. He restores my soul. If I were to do an inventory this morning and ask you to raise your hand if your check engine light were on, we might be surprised how many hands go up. What restores our soul? The removal of fear. Friction flies and famine. So when the shepherd is doing a good job, then he is, in essence, restoring my soul. He is, in essence, providing the place and the atmosphere where I can just... This feels so good. And if we were honest, would there be some of us that would like to just... (sighs) The tendency for us is that when individuals come in and try to remove the fear and they try to remove the friction, we tend to want to fight. And this is where the rod and the staff comes in. It's just one tool. Why did he say his rod and his staff? It's not like he went around with two sticks. It's not like he carried two big sticks, but it was the shepherd's crook. It was a stick, a walking stick with a hook on the end. And it had its purpose. And it was a twofold purpose one was to protect, the other was to correct. We all love the protection side, but very few of us want the correction side. And so when we look at the protection side, we realize that the shepherd would use the stick if some of the sheep were getting out of line or moving the flock in the wrong direction. He would take and tap the sheep and thus keeping it in line. Or if they were going into dangerous areas or going where there was no green pasture or there weren't still waters, he would use that to protect them from themselves. As you read the story of King David, you also know that when he stood before King Saul and was trying to get his right to be able to go out and fight Goliath, he had to brag a bit and say, oh yeah, I... have Killed bear and I've killed lion. I remember a number of years ago, Dave, or Pastor Bob had videotaped some of the into the pride back when he, I think he still does the videos for the missionaries. And I remember watching the movie with Dave Salmoni, and in it he was sent in to help care for a pack of a group of lion. The lion pride and help bring order back to them. And he basically lived in a tent out by a lake and his one source of protection for himself was the shepherd's crook. And in it he demonstrated one day about how he would take and use this to protect himself if a 500 pound lion were coming at him to eat him. And so He's showing how that if you took this stick and would ram it into the mouth of the lion, it would stop it from his charge and would run away. And so he's taking this gourd and he's hung it up from a tree limb and he's there taking it and he's poking it so it's helping to refine his instincts. And I remember getting to Africa and realizing that lions are definitely different when they're free and out roaming than when they're across the fence and you're looking at them in a zoo. And I remember one of the first encounters that I had uh, we had been looking for a lion, looking for a lion. We wanted, like many of you who have gone to Africa, to be able to see the big five. And I remember off in the distance in the bush, we saw, we caught a glimpse of something. And I remember slowing down, and yeah, yeah, it's a lion. And it walked out, and it walked right up to the vehicle. And then walked right in front of the vehicle. And I had my window down like a dumb American. And, you know, I'm watching this lion. And I'm seeing this cold, deathly stare. And as, he got, as the lioness got closer and closer to the window, I found my way over to the window lever. And I started, <laughs> there goes the window. So much for this brave missionary And I thought about the shepherd's crook and how to be that close is a little too close for comfort. But if the shepherd were doing his job, he used that for that very same thing. He placed himself in harm's way so that he could protect the sheep. Not just a rod of protection, but it was also a rod of correction. Many years ago, I'm not sure that I haven't seen this particular picture of late so much, but many years ago, I remember seeing the picture of the shepherd, and around his neck was a sheep that he was carrying. And as we look at that, our mind kind of goes to the grandfather that's carrying his little girl on his shoulders, his little granddaughter. And realizing, you know, that you love that little granddaughter so much. Well, that's not the picture that it's actually portraying. Because if there were sheep that were on his shoulders, something had happened. And most typically, it was a bad sheep. Because it was leading the sheep, the other sheep, toward the cliff. Or it was leading them into places of danger. And there were sheep that would rise up and want to take over the herd. And so we have them kind of going their way. And to correct that problem, he would take that, that rod and he would break the sheep's leg. And thus, it would have to be carried. And because of the close proximity to the shepherd, that sheep realized, I can trust this guy. He's caring for me. He's loving me. He's there to help me. And so there are times in some of our lives that we may have had our spiritual leg broken. And that's hard. It's hard to accept the fact that there are times in our lives that we've got to have our spiritual leg broken, that we've got to have certain things administered to us. But we realize just as David did, the rod was not there just for protection but it was there for correction as well. And so as we walk this journey, we realize that sometimes the, sheep, the shepherds aren't always nice. But in essence, he's caring for the whole of the herd, not just individuals, even though he does individuals as well. There's one other thought that I want to touch on before I wrap up this morning and that is the idea that the scripture tells us that he anointed my head with oil. And just a casual reading of that, you may think, well, when David, as a young boy, a shepherd out in the field, was called in and the prophet Samuel takes and he anoints his head with oil, I think... Oh, He's going to be great. He's going somewhere. And so when we were anointed with oil, it's like, oh, God's got great plans for my life. Well, actually, it wasn't that at all. The problem with flies, ticks, parasites, they would target the ears... And they would go in and if there were no oil applied to the head placed into the ears, then those flies and parasites would work their way into the ear canal and they would lay their eggs inside the ear canal and then when they hatched, they would begin to eat away at the brain. And these animals would have such pain because of this that it's been known for them to literally crack their skull open where they're banging their head against rocks or something hard so much that it actually just cracks their skull. And you look at this and realize that it wasn't just a nuisance like flies are to us. But it was needed. And so as we look at the idea of Psalm 23 In light of Pastor Appreciation Day, we realize that in some ways I've not painted a real pretty picture. Typically, if we were to look at it and what it had to offer, we wouldn't have said, oh, I'll take that position. Least likely to contribute Caring for animals are so dumb that if left him themselves would walk off a cliff or hide from the people who were going to help them. But in the midst of this ugly picture, I see beauty arising. And in this beauty, I see a God who warmly embraces the thought of being the shepherd. And I see a people of God who warmly embraced the idea of being shepherded. Even back in Genesis 49, verse 24, when Jacob was blessing his children, his boys, he brought each one in and he began to say a blessing over them. And when he came to Joseph, the boy who had been sold into slavery, who had been cast away from his family, he said, God, your arms were made strong. Because of the mighty God of Jacob. The shepherd of Israel. And I look at that and I see that in this thought that Jacob was able to capture. And then Moses recaptured as he wrote his books of the, New, of the Old Testament. And then we jump over to John chapter 10, verses 11 through 14, where Jesus makes this comment I am the good shepherd. I'm not a hireling. I'm not going to run when the wolf comes. I'm not going to run when the bear comes. I'm not going to run when the lion is present. I'm not going to give in when there's some bell sheep that are trying to take over the herd. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. But I'm going to be the good shepherd. We find then ourselves in rather good company. We are in good company. We see Jesus speaking to Peter. What did he say? Care for my sheep. Feed my sheep. And I look at this and I realize that oftentimes we want to value certain things. And our valuation of a certain thing may be totally off. You don't have to look far for me to get that, because my wife is a yard sailor. She pulls up with all this junk out in the car. <laughs> the people chose not to throw away in the garbage. I love you, sweetheart. <laughs> and then I look, and where did we get this beautiful thing? That was in that junk, wasn't it? And so we value things differently. Your valuation doesn't mean that it's the real value. The world doesn't place much value on shepherds. But God did. Who was chosen to be king of Israel? If we go back to David, he was a little boy. Come on out. Let somebody see you for a while. It should have been his brothers who were there at the war protecting Israel. But no, God wanted an individual who had the heart of a shepherd because he knew his people needed to be shepherded. And I look at this and I realize that David brought to Israel its time of greatest peace. Why? Why? Because he knew the importance and the respon- important responsibilities of a shepherd, and he implemented that into his leadership of Israel. Did they have want or needs? No. Were they instructed to lie down in green pastures and did so? Yes. Did they drink out of the still waters? Yes. Did they find their souls being restored? Yes. Did David use the rod of protection and correction? Yes. Did he anoint their heads with oil? Yes. God wanted someone... He would take the work of a shepherd, not just of sheep, but of people, seriously. And so I say to you if you are enjoying green pastures, thank your shepherd. If you're enjoying still waters, thank your shepherd. If you're finding that your soul is being restored, thank your shepherd. If you are being protected, Thank your shepherd. If you are being carried around this morning on the guy who has the hazmat suit on, (laughs) thank your shepherd. Because God knew there was great value in being a shepherd. And even though we may not particularly care for the picture that He often paints, I would have loved to have been a different animal. Be a grizzly bear, a lion, not a dumb sheep. But the first step of getting help is knowing who we are in the eyes of God. Take a moment, as you have already done, to continue to thank your shepherds. Do you remember my opening illustration? They wanted what I've got but they didn't want to do what I had to do. Pastors, thank you for doing what had to be done to not just get us to this point, but even look into the future so that in 25 years, when some of you come back, this is a great place. God bless our pastors.
1: Amen. And thank you, Pastor Rick, for those words. I don't know how many times I've heard that scripture and never thought of it in those terms. Thank you for speaking God's words today and my wife was reminded or reminded me, she said, now see there, I get to break your leg when you get out of line. (laughs) And I said, well, good luck carrying me. Please join me in prayer as we close today. Father, once again we come before you and we give thanks for giving us good shepherds. Thank you so much for blessing this small community of Clearfield, Pennsylvania with great shepherds. Thank you for Pastor Rick's message this morning. It's something we all needed to hear. Lord, as we go, I pray that you will remind us this, this this is not this is the closing prayer for our service but it's the opening prayer for our week that we would go out and be good sheep remind us not to be the bad sheep that needs that leg broken that's leading others astray I pray that we will be the good sheep that will go out into the community and lead others to you Pray that you will give us the courage and the wisdom just to speak to others whenever the Holy Spirit prompts us. We just pray that we will be a light into this world, Lord, that we are reminded every day as we go out into the mission field when we leave this parking lot and pass that sign that says, You're now entering the mission field. We just pray that we will be reminded that we are to be light out there to the dark world, Lord. That we are representing you and we are commanded to win souls for Christ we are commanded just like our shepherds to fulfill the great commission Lord we pray that you will be with our pastors as they go through the year Lord that you will give them the courage the passion the wisdom the knowledge and Lord the protection to continue to be good shepherds in Christ's name we pray Amen.